Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for this week of Your Mortgage Process. Your host here, Greg Wareham. I'm thrilled today. My guest today is Dana Cadena. I pronounced it correctly, right, Dana? Perfect. <laughs> so proud of you. Uh, and Dana is, I mean, I got a long list of attributes for, for Dana, but she's 23 years in the real estate industry, uh, 17 years in sales and sales leadership, you know, countless amounts of personal production awards, but more importantly, really focus on the growth and development of other people. Uh, you are an Inman panelist. I think you're doing something in New York City sometime soon. Yes. That's exciting. And you consult throughout the Northeast. I even think other parts of the country, correct? Yes. Love it. You are a Seton Hall graduate with graduate studies at both Howard University and New York University. She's, you're much, much more educated than I am. Uh, you're a leader in the Black Realtor Network and Chispa, co-founder of Keller Williams by the Bay and proud mom of two. Yes. So let's yes. talk about something really important out of the gates, Dana. Let's talk about the kids. How are the kids? How's it going? Oh my gosh, the kids are amazing and fascinating, ages 10 and 3, and also my favorite hashtag is hashtag send help. Right. <laughs> Does anyone come? No, no, you know, it's, uh, Ben Kinney always tells us, no one's coming to save you. <laughs> right, it's true. <laughs> it's just true. Yeah. So, no, but we're blessed, and thank you for asking about them. Now, does a 10-year-old look at the Tesla and say, hey, I can't wait to drive that, Mom? Yes, and <laughs> you know what? Uh, he's funny. I think, I think that's one of my favorite things, right, about being exposed to overachievers, right, like sure. yourself and the people around us. It elevates the conversation we have with our kids. So, for example, my son has a profit and loss statement for the lemon tree, for the lemonade stand that he has in the summers. Okay. And he understands, like, I was on his balance sheet for 42 bucks because that's how much the lemonade stand costs in order to build it. And I fronted it, and so he had to pay me back. So he understands, like, you know, these things just don't come from, from nothing. It's like the work, you know, and I think to drive home to associate money and work and results. I just, I think that's one of my favorite conversations I have with him. That's fantastic. And you know, it just comes down to education, right? Make yeah. it a point to educate mm. him. Hey, money, value of money. So yeah. how long did it take him to break even? Mm. Well, no, just one afternoon, right? So <laughs> people apparently are enamored with a 10-year-old kid. Well, at this time he was eight, uh, an eight-year-old kid with a lemonade stand, and it's a dollar a cup. And so we got into a conversation of, well, they gave me $5, though. It's like, well, that's a tip, right? right. And well, why, is tip, why does a tip happen? Because you gave great customer service, right? And you're going to take their information and follow up with them and invite them to the next lemonade yeah. stand. Ah, I can't wash the real estate stuff off, right? So it's how do you build you know, a business, it's just like the lemonade stand, right? It's like the dirty little secret. Right. It's that simple, right? Yeah. Just build rapport, do the right, right thing, make a great product, right? and then be obsessed with world-class level client experience. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Dana. Right. Meeting over. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, that, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Nick, cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of things I wanted to start off with. I want you to tell me about your role in the Black Realtor Network and Chispa, and in what what they are, Chispa specifically. I'm not overly familiar with it. Sure. So uh, I am a member and a moderator of the Black Realtor Network. It's really encompassing 63 different regions, uh, including the continental U.S., but we're in 63 different regions. When you look at Keller Williams Realty as a brokerage real estate platform, sure. right? We're a technology and education company that just happens to specialize in real estate. Mm -hmm. And so we realize that there's a lot of affinity groups, right? There's the Black Realtor Network. We have uh, 5,800 members in that platform, which is really exciting because there's certainly, and we'll get into some numbers later, but there's certainly an opportunity to further the vehicle of real estate for wealth creation sure. in underserved communities overall, right? One being, you know, black and brown people have certainly been underserved and um, fair housing, uh, you know, about 30 years ago or so did move that needle forward in mm -hmm. opening that up. However, let's just face it, right? The numbers uh, scream the fact that there's open opportunity to have uh, black people uh, 
really just tethered into real estate to wealth build and and also to get into real estate as sure. real estate uh, professionals. And then hopefully my big drive is to get more of us. I'm, by the way, personally, I'm black and Puerto Rican and and to get more of us. It's a great combo. Well, thank you. I think I woke up like this. right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like there's just a great opportunity to uh, invite us to the real estate platform and conversation where we always historically have not been sure. invited. And, you know, I'm proud to say I'm the first homeowner in my household. I am the first college graduate in my household. I'm certainly the first investor owner mm-hmm. um, from my household. Now, full disclosure, I'm an only child, so there's that. There's not like a ton of competition. <laughs> I was like, you oh, win. Yeah, like you're it. You know, you better nail this and get it right and right. act like you are alert and know stuff. So I just feel like... Uh, Gosh, what a shame, right? Yeah. That I'm the first in my in my household, like out of my hardworking parents. Uh, so I'm really passionate about just creating abundance, right? And literally equity. Like right. we have to figure out how to get paid for our past work mm-hmm. in an annuity style manner sure. for the future, or we're always going to be trading time for money. You know, it's funny. We we're talking the other day about home ownership versus renting, and statistically, in 2021. Someone that rents has a net worth of $8,000. Someone who owns a home has a net worth worth of $300,000. It's a factor of 40. Mm. Yep. So making sure that we're serving underserved communities to have that goal of dream of home ownership is, is great. You know, you have somewhere to, to hang your hat. If you have a family, there's a lot of different variables with something that's yours. But just pure wealth generation is a... A big factor of it, right? Right. It really is. And, you know, that number, right, a tenant 8,000 and a homeowner 300,000, it just really shows how real estate is that long term tool to create that wealth and equity. Mm-hmm. So, and then think about it, right? Like they get to bequeath that <laughs> to yeah. their future and and it just, the legacy continues. So it's like a legacy grounded in abundance versus yeah. a legacy, right? Grounded in scarcity. And, uh, you know, I always think because you're a mortgage guy, right? With the mortgage brain, I always think of either way, whether you're renting or you're owning, either way you're paying a mortgage. Yep. No question. The question is, whose equity, right, and wealth <laughs> yeah. are you building? It's just, uh, yeah. it's so clear that that data clarifies the the decisions and the path that we make. No question about it. And I use that line all the time, right? You're paying somebody's mortgage. Right. Might as well be for yourself and well. your family and your opportunities right. and to have better options, right? I just feel like the money creates better options. Like, do you get to sit in the front of the plane, right? right. Do you get to go on JetSmarter and... Yeah have a subscription for flying private? Or yeah, and that's yeah. a great point. And, and money doesn't buy happiness. That's an age-old adage. Gosh, it just makes your life a heck of a lot easier if you're not worrying about paying the cable bill, mm. right? It frees you up to be more creative, to be more have a more mindful thought process, right? Because you're not worried about those, those small little details. So that wealth building is just critical for human being development, over the course of time. And, you know, to your point, how do you bequeath that thought process, the lemonade stand, right, to to your kids? Sure. So they can build, learn, and grow. So for just talk briefly about CHISPA. What is is that an acronym for? So CHISPA is the Coalition of Hispanics for Progressive Action. And so it's also tethered to the K and the W, if you will, Mm -hmm. Keller Williams Realty International. And again, out of 63 regions, uh, certainly including the continental U.S., there are, it's it's fascinating because we're only about, we're we're like a post-COVID result, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so the platform was inspired uh, on or about the summer of 2020, we already have 1,400 members that are fully right dialed in and subscribed to our platform. And so it's really just like-minded Hispanic and or Latino people who are licensed in real estate who mm-hmm. get to mastermind, trade ideas, uh, really invest together and sure. uh, create dollar productive methods and models Mm -hmm. that we share in our communities to empower our communities where, you know, some of these places, like they feel like there is no way. Right. We're putting forth the way to really find whether it's a job, 
or licensed sales opportunity to change the trajectory of their lives, their mm -hmm. children's lives. And, you know, in other spaces, they may not have felt invited to anything real estate in the past. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, uh, Chispa is dear to, to my heart, as is KW by the Bay. So mm -hmm. KW by the Bay is the very first franchise that's being brought to Middlesex um, County, specifically Perth Amboy City mm -hmm. and the Amboys. And so uh, we're the first franchise in that local micro geographic pocket. All sure. that means is that we're now going to bring an influx of jobs and real estate development and opportunities. Uh, Barry Rosengarten has completely folded into our system and, mm -hmm. and he's born and raised in Perth Amboy City. Mm -hmm. So he cares about us and he cares about the community. Now, do you feel that community is an underserved community? Certainly. As far as real estate sure. is concerned? Sure. I think it's a well-kept secret at this point. Uh, mm -hmm. Look, the ferry is coming back to the Amboys to, to go direct into as a New York waterway. Uh, the, the money is approved, so that's coming to South Amboy City. So, spoiler alert, if you're looking to invest, you probably want to <laughs> align yourself Get the with, checkbook out. I mean, yeah. really, right? Sure. To Because we're going to look back. Like, there's going to be a time years from now, no one's going to say, man, I'm so upset that I bought that place 15 right. years ago, right? Like, right. there's just no one said no one ever. So, um, we do... We feel like it's underserved because there are talented, hardworking people mm -hmm. who are constantly, again, to that trading time for money mm -hmm. factor, trading time for money and, you know, don't even have a retirement account yet. Right. right? So firstly, we're bringing the education. So through sure. Chispa and through uh, another platform called uh, Quantum Leap for Young Adults, mm -hmm. we're bringing the education, right? right. Because this... No one came out of the womb understanding uh, muni bonds and real estate. And I mean, I don't know about you, but no one even taught me in school per se how to balance a checkbook. Well, that's or, a whole other right? conversation, right? Yeah. yeah. There's no there's no education in school. Balance a checkbook. I mean, that's that's, that's, that's dating us a I little know, bit, right? I know. I'm old woman winter. I am time <laughs> itself. But it's balancing a checkbook. It's right. understanding the time value of money. You know, how do you, if you put $100 away per month, what does that equate to in 30 years from now, right? Because you have compound interest. Right. Millions. Um, millions. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, it's mm -hmm. in, in people, you, you don't know what you don't know. So our job as leaders in the community real estate mortgage is really to try to help educate people. Sure. I mean, when you look at different opportunities for home ownership, I mean, before I even go there, I think it's important we get into some of the facts on it, Dana. Sure. Just so, so people understand exactly what we're talking about. When you look at the home ownership rates from 2010 to 2020, this is national. Mm -hmm. So when, for white folks, the home ownership rate went from 70.6% to 72.1%. For uh, the Asian American population, 58.5% to 61.7%, 3% increase. Hispanic, 47 to 51, 3% increase. For African-American, it went from 44.2 to 43.4, so it actually dropped. When you look at New Jersey specifically, the homeownership rate is 67, or excuse me, 64%, white, 74%, African-American, 38%, Asian, 65%, Hispanic, 41%. So there's obviously some, some growth variables that are in there. And to your point about education, that's where it all starts, right? Right. How did they first understand? I'm sorry, you had a couple of stats there. Oh, not at all. It's it's understanding the fact that yes, that there's a lack of education. Look, historically, we know um, you can, for example, dig into the color of law, and there's now also the color of real estate courses mm -hmm. out there where, historically, before fair housing laws were implemented, um, there were builders with thousands upon thousands of units in Pennsylvania, in New Jersey, that uh, were Levitt, were built by Levitt, and they were called Levitt Town. And inside of the actual property deeds, it states that these thousands upon thousands of units were not permissible to be purchased by any person of color. Shocking. Right? So, and what's fascinating is if you look back, there are now, thank goodness, fair housing laws showed up and that was dialed in. But if you think of the head start, right, I think of it like a race, literal race, like the head start that 
um, non-brown, black, and minority people were given mm -hmm. by having access to, because they were in communities, suburbs, uh, suburban, nice, you know, theoretically nice communities where these um, non-minority people were able to buy them at, I mean, we're talking $30,000 price points back, mm -hmm. right, in the early 70s. And, you know, again, talk about uh, granting and willing and bequeathing. Mm. Uh, that equity was spun into furthering generations to fund higher education and different job opportunities and earning potential. So we're still grappling with the results, like the stats that you just stated. We're still grappling with the results of compounded interest. Forget about compounded yeah. results over years and years of constantly being right pushed back as a people, hence the underserved community. Mm. Um, uh, angle. So the reality is, gosh, like when you look at just empowering brown, black, right, minority communities to have the education, mm -hmm. and then I think access, right? Like you're right. in a great position because you fund the product. Like you sure. literally in mortgages, you fund the product that is the vehicle that creates wealth. So whether it's accessing grants, mm -hmm. right? Uh, whether it's perhaps accessing grants as well as uh, certain loan programs. Right. We know, hey, freedom ain't free. Can I say that on here? I mean, really, right? Like respect to uh, to veterans and people who have served in our military. So VA, mm -hmm. you know, I see a lot of consumers, by the way, I'm still out here in these streets selling real estate and really <laughs> proud of that. Uh, and so the reality is, you know, I see a lot of minority people who have served the country and are getting VA financing and mm -hmm. they're getting shot down, mm -hmm. right? Like by not winning in multiple offer, uh, yeah. residential purchase scenarios and losing to investors with cash that mm -hmm. maybe were served really well on a historical note by compounded equity. Do you yeah. see where we're going and with again, this? Yeah, like, and again, I mean, you look at that from the veteran standpoint. If you serve for this country, mm -hmm. you should own a home, period, right? And it is the program the government puts in place. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best things that they do for veterans, uh, I won't comment pa past this, but you look at 0% 0 down, no PMI. You can have situations where you're not paying their funding fee to base based on disabilities that someone may have from being in the service. And guaranteed, it's the only loan guaranteed by the federal government, the only one. And yet the experience that you're seeing is a similar thing that, I, that I'm seeing in the marketplace, which is those offers are not being accepted even though it's the only loan guaranteed by the federal government. And I think, again, to your point earlier, earlier, Dana, it's about education, right? People don't know. Right. Why wouldn't you do the 0% financing loan? Because you have no skin in the game. Well, people just need more educated as to what the product is. Sure. And it's VA and it's also FHA, right? Like FHA financing is something that uh, may be a little, let's just say, financially looser in terms of qualifying guidelines maybe than like a straight arrow conventional sure. loan sometimes. And so I feel like it's our responsibility to, yes, equip and empower and educate and make it tangible. Yeah. Um, again, you know, I have buyers who, listen, when we're able to craft the right offer and guide them and educate them, they they are actually winning some mm -hmm. of these bidding wars that we're experiencing in the market of the moment right now, right? In the spring of 2022-ish, right? Like right. where we are um, winning some and, and frankly losing some. And I think that there needs to be a bright light casted on the fact that everyone's cash at the closing table mm -hmm. and who, who are we serving and who are we educating and who are we putting in a path to to earn the right, right, to own a home. home. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to your point about VA loans, 0% down. There's a 3% down home-ready program by Fannie Mae. You have less than perfect credit, 3% down. 3.5% down for FHA. All of these mortgages are, fan there's new start programs that allow people to have less than perfect credit that can qualify. To your point, there's grants, New Jersey housing, there's state and local grants. It's again, just getting that information out to everybody on both ends, right? From a consumer standpoint, and also the realtor to realtor standpoint, understanding that they're all good transactions. And just because it's labeled one particular way or another, doesn't make it a bad transaction. Right. 
Right. And we're casting a light on that through the diversity and equity and inclusion platform with with our um, brand. We have it's called Agents of Distinction. Okay, And you can experience it's essentially a continuing education course. Right. Mm -hmm. We all have to do CE anyway. So the reality is, why not lean into a very meaningful, timely conversation? So Agents of Distinction, it's really going through just the different nuances and dealing with different um members of the general public who may not always look like us mm -hmm. right and so just being um sensitive and fair and aware and cognizant of the fact that not everyone may have the same access mm -hmm. to certain tools and and just overall knowledge even you mm -hmm. know I, i've had tenants call me and say hey is that uh rental on the market accepting section eight and i just i want to faint because my reaction is they're not permitted to tell you no mm -hmm. to Section 8. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if you were a tenant. Um, I had tenants post-COVID, not to brag, but I did. I had really challenging tenants when COVID first hit, and they were not Section 8, meaning my rent was not guaranteed by the government. And boy, I really would have loved to have some Section 8 guaranteed right. tenants during that season because some of my fascinating uh, non-Section right Section 8 tenants just chose not to pay and just cried COVID. And I'm like, but you just showed six figures in the bank because you were going to buy the place right. and now you just don't want to pay, right? So I just feel like we need to change the way we look at things yeah. so the things we look at change and really understand like Section 8, that's guaranteed money, right? Yeah. And how do you literally discriminate against someone who's accessing something that is a vehicle, that is there, mm -hmm. that is available to someone who most likely needs it? Mm -hmm. I just feel like the perception dynamic has to be shifted in order yeah. for the field to even remotely approach being somewhat possibly even. <laughs> and if you don't like what's being said, change the conversation, right? And Amen. So did you know that for housing vouchers... Commonly referred to as a Section 8, it's, but mm -hmm. they're housing vouchers. Mm -hmm. There are some mortgage programs that allow you to use that income to qualify to buy a house. So there's a lot of different programs out there that can try to try to help. Now, Dana, do you feel in some of the underserved communities currently that affordability is an issue? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. And I feel like there's interesting ways that certain members of minority groups are covertly discriminated against. Let me give you an example. Uh, we've seen in the lending space, uh, not you or your company, right? But like people who are not interested in furthering opportunity for anyone who may not look like them, right? We've seen a loan application and it's on, on that 1003, sorry, I grew up on mortgages, I can't wash it off. But on that <laughs> 1003 standard uniform residential loan application, yeah. there is an opportunity for you to indicate your background, mm -hmm. right? In terms of, um, are you a citizen, right? Are you Hispanic and or Latino? Are you black? Are you Caucasian? And it was derived that there were a higher number percentage of applications where uh, non-white was selected mm -hmm. and the reason for their declining the mortgage application was because of something called air quotes payment shock mm -hmm. who determines mm -hmm. payment shock yeah right? and so if you're dti so that's debt to income ratio mm -hmm. if you're on the books qualifying for the transaction is it the underwriter's personal call that it's Payment shock, great, air quotes? It's a great question, and it depends on the mortgage product because payment shock can exist. And what payment shock is is basically if you're paying $1,000 for rent and your mortgage payment's going up to 4000 that's a shock to your payment, and some programs will not allow that big of a, a shock. Fair. Uh, but it's not, a, it's not across the board. It's not on every program. Right, and what's not fair is – you know, when you see something once or twice or four times, proportionally, though, when you see it 176 times, right, out of mm. 300 loan applications to say it was payment shock, it's like, oh, you know what? I'm making 24000 a month. So if my payment is 4000 a month, it sure. should probably be acceptable, for example, right? Yeah. So I feel like... Um, is it the exception and not the rule? Most likely. However, it's too frequent of a circumstance that in our BRN, for example, the Black Realtor Network, it, it we trade too many stories of how 
we, our group, right, are uh, payment shock. Just you're just denied, right? Or you're having a really horrible appraisal mm. experience. You know, in terms yeah. of, uh, you know, appraisals. Look, some some markets haven't caught up with itself. So when you look at a report that's describing a property value, it is certainly subjective. That's that makes sense. And we're we're seeing. I mean, even on the Today Show. Are you a Today Show nerd? By the way, I'm a Today Show nerd. I'm a Discovery Channel guy. Oh, and I watch right. universe shows when I go to sleep. Oh, <laughs> Ray, Rachel wouldn't even do what he watch with me. <laughs> God bless Sorry, your I'm, wife, I'm Rachel. Boring. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I'm not going to unfriend you so you're safe there. However, <laughs> not yet. I, I am. I am that Today Show nerd, just for example. I actually wanted to get married on the Today Show, but it just wasn't in the cards for us. But the reality is, like, even when you flick on that morning show, you're going to hear stories of homeowners who had an awful appraisal experience where the value literally comes in six figures under market when it's clear that non-white minorities reside in the subject property versus they will restage the entire property to conceal the fact that, let's say, brown, black, minority people mm. live there and have a totally more favorable, realistic market mm -hmm. appraisal come in as as that result same property there have been case yeah. studies their story i mean you can literally it's, it's so disappointing to to hear that I, I really don't see it my experience in banking is more bank will take your money they, that's what they're concerned with right we just you would think yeah the bank bank will will take your money uh, but it's obviously a legitimate situation you're running into i think part of that too is there needs to be more diversity in the in the workspace right yes. what i do and what you do you need more diversity. I am completely committed to getting more minorities into leadership uh, positions so that we can further monetize our strength sets in real estate. Think about it. You're going to sell something. Right. That something might as well be the biggest wealth determiner on the planet. Nope. What else besides real estate? If you really think about it, it's definitely not cars. It's definitely right. not Teslas. I'm going to spoiler alert. I'm just going to tell you. Right? It's, it's the number one holding for wealthy, wealthy people. Right. And so, I mean, think about even just mitigating your tax exposure. It's just, sure. it's, it's the, it's some great medicine, if you will. Right. And so I feel like whether it's getting your license Right. As, as a conveyor belt, as just a first step to exposing yourself to an amazing, fulfilling industry. Um, sure. We're launching a real estate school. You know, um, Keller Williams, thank goodness, has rolled out this uh, program called K-Score mm -hmm. that literally comps your real estate class. Mm -hmm. So what better way to my husband has a saying free is for me. Like adorable, <laughs> adorable. Send help. Right. There goes a send help again. Come right. back. It's like a boomerang. It always Hashtag. Comes yeah. Hashtag send help. Good job. You remembered. There's a quiz at pay the attention. end. Yeah. <laughs> You're interesting. I pay attention. Oh my gosh. I love it. And so uh, the reality is, gosh, is, is how do you get into such an incredible industry that has so many tentacles, by the way. Mm. So when you look at, we know we have to earn money five different ways sure. in order to really access some amazing wealth building, really just earning five different ways of income so that we can have the choice to do other things one day, right? So that sure. we're not like tethered and shackled, yeah. if you will, to a job. So the reality is we have, you could be in sales as a realtor, you could be in sales as a mortgage professional, right? Mm -hmm. You can then be a coach and a trainer, right? That's a big heart of mine mm -hmm. to create other seven figure and six figure producers so that they have better options for their families, mm -hmm. right? To take someone who's earning 40,000 a year, but then just cultivate them and encourage them and train them and equip them so that they're making 240 and 280 and 580 and a sure. million 80 a year, right? Like it just gives you different choices and, and access. Sure. So um, there's also, we buy real estate together, right? So right. We take our own medicine. Gosh, I mean, so we're buying property together. We're opening franchises together. Um, I just, there's so many different paths, but you know, you can't help anyone and have access to, to low to no money, right? Sure. And I will say we have a big arm of uh, caring, a 501c3 to the company. So let's, if we could just shift back to the Indy, right? The yeah. company that we're opening in Perth Amboy City, KW by the Bay, is 
a platform for the community to be empowered with jobs, mm-hmm. right? To um, access real estate, to get licensed, to help sell real estate. We're developing, so we need all hands on deck. We're sure. hiring agents, we're thriving, we're growing. One day we're going to look around and notice that, you know, our kids need to do something, right? So mm-hmm. our kids need like the family business, maybe if they're interested, they will recruit them too. And, um, you know, there, there's just so many opportunities, I think, in that area. Um, when we bring the wealth building classes and all of these tools are like a big mix to just put put people on a conveyor belt to enjoy what a lot of other people have enjoyed, but just might not look like that community. Sure. You know what I mean? So, all right. So how do we educate people? And I'm going to pick that up in one second. Sure. We're going to take a quick break. Great. Dana and I will be right back. Nice. So just want to take a few minutes to get everybody a mortgage update. National interest rates have been on the rise steadily since the beginning of the year. Currently, Interest rates for well-qualified buyers, 30-year fixed interest rate, the average national rate is going to be in the upper fours. So maybe an opportunity for people to start to look at or at least inquire with your loan officer about different hybrid adjustable rate mortgages, where those interest rates can be fixed from five years, seven years, or 10 years, and it may put someone in a situation where they can really still keep that interest rate down significantly. Really, that really depends on someone's individual long-term goals, and you need to speak to your mortgage loan officer to get a better handle as to the pros and the cons associated with doing that. One other tidbit of information I wanted to give out to everybody is the vacation home market. So the vacation home market for conventional financing has changed pretty significantly since the beginning of March. And the reason for that is Fannie Mae, the organization that purchases the majority of these conventional mortgages behind the scenes, added a price adjuster for vacation homes, making them more comparably priced to investment properties. In the past, second homes were priced more comparably to a primary home. Now they're priced as investment properties. So you've seen a real rise in the average interest rate for vacation homes. And That's all we have today for the news. So I'd like to thank today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is DeRosa's Barbershop in downtown Robbinsville, New Jersey, owned and operated by Peter DeRosa. I mean, if you're looking for an old school experience with a barbershop, this is the place to go. I mean, we're talking hot towels, straight edge razor shave, lather, fantastic experience. I highly recommend that you check it out. And again, that's DeRosa's Barbershop in downtown Robbinsville, New Jersey. I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Navasink Fishery in Navasink, New Jersey. They offer some of the finest seafood and greens in our area. High sushi grade for all of their fish and seafood products. They recently added a produce section, so it's a one-stop shopping now. You can go in there, you get your produce, you can get your fish, you can take it home, you can cook it yourself, or your other option is you can dine right on premises. They offer one of the best seafood dinners uh, in our area. It's BYOB, just in case you want to enjoy a couple spirits while enjoying your fine dinner at Navasink Fishery. Oh, welcome back, everybody. Again, your host, Greg Wareham at Your Mortgage Process, and I have Dana Cadena yes. here. So we know that we need it. We need so many different levels. We need education for the consumer looking to purchase a house to save their money, credit, career, everything. What's it look like, Dana? Yeah. How are we going to work to get people more educated. So I think one of the ways we actually have fun, uh, we we host uh, first time home seller Ooh. seminars and first time home buyer seminars, yep. as well as investor wealth building through real estate. So we have a myriad, right? This huge menu of options. And what's what's really the most fun about it is we put our credit repair company, right, on stage. We put someone like you, our preferred lender, on stage. Right? And so we Q&A the engineer, right? right? Like the inspector. Like, what do you do when you find an oil tank on the property? Sure. Run. No, don't run. Uh, the seller actually has to take care of that in this state, great state of New Jersey. And so we just unpack, right, the, the pitfalls, the best practices, and condense them down into about 45 minutes of real 
actual content for the consumer to sure. equip them to understand from the lending mortgage, from you know building your credit the right way, and um, things to avoid, as well as the engineer perspective, the inspector, and then the realtor, right, professional right. to say, hey, you know, good luck just strolling into a public open house and thinking that the agent there may represent you. They actually, most cases, represent the homeowner first and foremost, sure. right? So you right. want to be careful to make sure you have representation and to make sure that the people representing you have your best interests primarily right um, in the forefront. And so that consumer experience of just bringing them into a home seller, a home buyer, an investor um, mastermind or panel style Q&A has been awesome. I mean, it's really fantastic. Great. You know, it popped into my head while you're talking. I'm thinking that Real estate agent, mortgage person, mm -hmm. we should have a curriculum that you bring right to the college. Maybe it's a community college, right? Maybe yeah. a high school may be a little bit young, or is it ever too young, right? But there should be a curriculum about money, mm -hmm. about time value of money. You know, a mutual friend of ours uh, says, hey, if you're not keeping an eye on your money, it'll run away, right? It leaves. Yes. And it's true. Yep. You have to be very aware of it and how to leverage it to create wealth. And again, wealth being, it's not about the money. It's about what that can provide you and the liberation that that provides people. Yeah. Helps you grow as a human being. Well, it helps you do what you want, when you want to, with whom and where. Right. Right. You're right. And so I think one of the most uh, talented, humble leaders who has inspired me to lead the curriculum, which is called Quantum Leap for Young Adults. Really, you're two people. One, Gary Keller. It's his curriculum. It's called QL for Young Adults. It's adults. There's two versions. One are for ages 15 to 18, and then the second version is essentially up until the age of 30. And uh, locally, I can confirm, Adele DeMauro has uh, trained many of us to lead that curriculum. And what it looks like is as a real estate professional, you have adults that you transact real estate. They buy and sell with you. The reality is how can we serve their families sure. and friends? And it's bringing this worthy quantum leap material. Quantum leap is just like a fancy term for how to not only penny save your way to sure. <laughs> wealth, right? It's right. like, what what's the mindset Firstly, to come from abundance and to plan in advance. I mean, these young people walk away, Greg, from this uh, training and experience with a mission statement for their lives. Right. And to know that their choices have great impact mm -hmm. as well. And so they go through mindset, they go through compound interest, yeah. and how that is certainly in a young person's favor because they have the gift of time, right? Like you and I, Greg, are a little more mature. We are time itself, right? So, <laughs> we look fantastic. It's like dog years. That's like dog years. It's like I just figured out that I'm in the industry Okay, for 23 years, but I'm only 42. So I've like, I'm in it longer than outside of it, which was a weird birthday last yeah. year. So anyway, uh, I digress in saying like, hey, here's a set of curriculum that we're honored and, and certified to, to teach. Um, like I said, Adele DeMauro is just masterful at it. And um, she's led it for years. And finally, I woke up about three years ago to get certified and, and lead Quantum Leap for Young Adults. But you see the light bulb, yeah. right, go off. Yeah. And, and they're like, wait, I can monetize that strength and actually make money and have fun? Or, you know, that kind of impact and choice can mm -hmm. really have a ripple effect of that it's just you really see them and the main rule by the way is that parents are not involved yeah. like sp sorry okay your kids can attend not you because they're going to show up differently right when the parental unit uh is there or not right, right? and we're, so we're talking about uh, off uh off camera off mic earlier i've done the quantum leave i've done the financial portion before uh with it with adele i've done it and it's a it's an it is an amazing program it's one way to get in front of the people at a young age I, I think, you know, as we kind of continue to grow that concept, you know, how do you, how do we get it into a curriculum, right? Mm -hmm. Who are the people that are going to run with that? Because someone's going to do it. Is it going to be you? Is it going to be me? Is it going to be our, I think it should be our communities, right? right? Our communities of real estate professionals and mortgage people. Let's educate people. Sure. Let's educate. Let's continue to get it out there. No question about it. Well, I think it's like a responsibility that we own, yeah. 
you know, playing small doesn't serve the world, right? And so I think when we educate those people around us, it's going to wake people up to the fact that, look, we're seeing a big quit now, right? Like yeah. we're seeing, what is it, the great resignation? Yeah. And, it, right, people are waking up to the fact that it's not uh, cool anymore, right? To have that, you know, respectfully, that same job for 40 years and then maybe have 10 years of fun. Like, I think people are just trying to figure out a better way, a better way to earn money, uh, to have more fun doing it, to maybe do it from their bunny slippers mm -hmm. on Zoom, <laughs> right? So I think that um, education and understanding how money really works and uh, the opportunities that can be. You bring up a great it. point from a career standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. So you and I, we're, we've been salespeople for forever. Yep. Yeah, we're growth, we're leaders, we're that, but we're, we're at our core of who we are, we're salespeople. Yeah. Well, why do you end up getting into that industry? It's because you want freedom, you want financial freedom, and you want to be evaluated based on what you bring to the table. And that's part of the reason why you see people leaving their jobs. They don't necessarily want to be a corporate person. You know, how do I get liberation? personally, professionally, financially. Right. right. You nailed it right there with freedom. Like they, nobody wants to, nobody signs up for a job and says, micromanage me, right? <laughs> treat me like, you know, right. I, I am uh, not worthy. So that's the thing. I, I believe that, yeah, people want out of their regular jobs and they don't want to work nine to five and mm -hmm. then only have five to nine mm -hmm. as free. Right. right. So, I mean, I'll say this on the contrast, anyone who's listening out there that's in the industry or would think about getting into the industry, it is a lifestyle choice. So, you know, we talk about having the freedom of it, but it's a lifestyle choice, right? Mm -hmm. We're working all the time. And, and I use the well, term hopefully work. Not. I'm gonna... I use that loosely, right? right? I mean it more where we're leveraging time, we're leveraging different things, mm -hmm. but, you know, part of, you know, who you are is what you do is a better way to put it. So... You know, for people in our arenas professionally, you know, it is a, it's a lifestyle choice. And, you know, you can manage that. You can leverage that any way that you want to. Yeah. You and know, I grew up on a, on a job, say, from the year 1999 to 2006. I quit my 9 to 5 job in mortgages, the mortgage industry, on my birthday, Smart June 15, yeah, 2006. <laughs> and uh, I still did mortgages, but more in the commission 1099 based eat what you kill rhythm right sure. post 2006 however for those seven years from 99 to 06 i owned a job right i trade time for money nine to five i had a pretty decent package per se in my early 20s and just like not married no kids so what else do you do with your time nick right like well you're married so congratulations by the way <laughs> but newlywed it's still new right so the thing is i had more time on my hands my point right like not married no kids so i worked 100 hours a week what else was i gonna do i was driven i liked shiny stuff and right. and so the reality though was i i noticed that i had a ceiling and i didn't enjoy hitting that ceiling right. constantly and uh, when I shifted completely to self-employment and never looked back, by the way, uh, in the summer of 2006, I realized like, wait, there really is no ceiling, right? Like if I just figure out how to succeed right. through other people, I could sell four houses that weekend, but then my four team members each could sell four, right? right? And now yeah. we're like... It's called STO, succeeding through others. Like, oh my gosh, like this is this is compounding interest in a way, isn't right. it? Like to strive to be, you know, the the Kiyosaki, Rob Kiyosaki's sure. cash flow quadrant, and how the goal is to literally reside on the right side mm -hmm. of the quadrant, being a business owner right. or Passive an investor. Income, right. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I I agree. I get it. Passive income and. It's really passive income, but based on our past work, right? right that we're getting paid forward, and so. Annuitizing it, right. 100%. And, you know, I, I just feel like, gosh, if we can bring more people on the right side of the quadrant, you know, some people own a job and others own a business. And the litmus test to figure out if you own a job, um, whether it's W-2 or a self-employed job on the left side of that quadrant, is if you can leave your business for four months or greater – and literally leave, like evaporate, okay, to a different region of the world, or you leave your business for four months and you return to the same results income-wise or better, you own a business. However, if you leave for four consecutive months and return to less money, 
you don't you own a job. Congratulations, right? You own a job. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. Yeah, definitely. So the yeah. idea is, hey, how do we bring people to thrive on the right side of that quadrant? Right. You don't know what you don't know, right? So we talked about the consumer education, um, the realtor and and mortgage professional education is also an opportunity. For example, like you just mentioned, we work all the time, right? And I I was cut from that cloth. And the reality is, look, my hands are up. The purpose of work is to fund a big life. Yep. And if you're not enjoying the life part, the money means nothing, right? I couldn't agree with you more. So the reality is, you know, I, I am inspired and I'm honored to help a lot of overworked self-employed professionals mm -hmm. strive to get more of a counterbalance. It's not a perfect balance. Nothing is ever perfectly balanced. You know what I mean? So, right? Like, there's no such thing. There's story. gravity and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> there's no perfect <laughs> balance, by the way. Um, however, there is a counterbalance, right? We go through seasons where you work a little more and then you go through seasons, hopefully, where you take a break. And, and so I think that there's a great opportunity for us as committed self-employed professionals Greg, you tell me what you think, but I feel like there's a great opportunity for us to do an alignment check yeah. and to make sure that we're really in alignment with our family's goals and how that relates to our workspace. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you have to put your priorities on, on what you're doing. I think you make a, a great point. There's no multitasking either, right? right. No such multitasking thing. Multitasking is a lie. Did you read that book? I proud did. How you. did you know? I'm yeah. so proud of so you. It is, but thing. it is, though. Yeah, it is. It's a fantastic book for any industry that you're in. But multitasking is a term that's put together to define what computers do. Different parts of the CPU do different things at the same time. Humans aren't wired that way. You can't do multiple things and do them effectively. So you need to focus on yeah, one like thing. Yeah, like try to text and drive. Okay? Like, exactly. Like, don't do that. That it's, is not recommended. <laughs> it's about focus, right? You're focusing on something. You're completing the task and then doing something else versus I'm doing something. Whoop, let me stop doing that. I'm going to do this. Then when you come back to the original task, you have to go prior to where you left off to remind yourself where you're at. So it actually takes more time. I'm singing my song. Do you yeah. know how many times I've destroyed food? Because I'm on the phone. Right. You have to eat. We're ordering Focus. pizza. It's right. just pizza. Is <laughs> well, you can put it in the microwave, though. <gasps> I'm sorry. Blasphemy. What do you mean? Nothing good comes out of a microwave. Wait, there's a leadership lesson in there. Nothing good comes out of the microwave. <sighs> mm. Unless it's craft macaroni and you cheese. You might be right, actually. Because even when I bake a potato and I put it in the microwave, well, well, hold it. Hear me out. I soften it up. Then I put it in foil and I bake it. So now you get the crispy on the outside. You're rolling your eyes. Are you crispy on the outside? Unfriend Greg or him <laughs> on social. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I hear you. <laughs> Good job. But you are right, you know, talking about family and, and work-life balance. You know, those are just aren't catchphrases. Those are about real lifestyles, right? Yep. What's the most important thing to you? And, you know, it could be yourself. It could be your family. It could be a spouse. It could be a child. It could be a significant other. It could be anything. It could be your, your pet. It could be your job. It could be a lot right. of different things, right? Yeah. But being able to be honest with yourself to identify what that is and then stay true to that. Yeah. You and know what you don't want? I had a coach in my world who went home one day after a 14-hour work day, and his spouse said, why do you give your work the best, and then you come home to me and the kids, and you just give us your rest? I mean, you know what? That really resonates with me because if I look at my I, I'm 24 years in this industry, the first 10 years of this industry, that was me mm. because I didn't know. No one taught me. Right. I didn't hear podcasts like this. <laughs> we didn't welcome. know each other. <laughs> no. But it's true. You know, you just kind of one gear. My job is to work, provide, and that's what I'm doing. Then I come home burned out. And then and cranky, my, fam right? my like family got the worst of me. And now over the course of time, obviously, I've shifted that because they have more perspective. You know, when you op operate from a position of gratitude, that's a life changer in and of itself, right? When yeah. you spend the time to be thankful versus what you're chasing, it just completely shifts your, your paradigm. But it's a, a learned point. behavior is my point. Amen. You know, High people five. aren't who they are, right? You, everyone has the ability as human beings to, to grow. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about grow through education, go through whatever process but, process, but grow. Yeah. I love how you talk about gratitude. It's funny because gratitude is the highest You didn't form know we had this much in common, did you? I, today you're, <laughs> I'm today years old. Right? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, but really, right? It's like it, gratitude is the highest 
form of energy. Like if, if you're sluggish to get out of bed in the morning, literally take your place, to take your mind space to a place where you're thinking about what you're honestly grateful for. Mm-hmm. Right. Like what what's irreplaceable. And that'll get your happy self out of bed so Pretty, true. quicker, right, than most, than oh, just dreading something you have to do that day. Or It's like, you know, think of the, the people or the platforms or the things that you honestly care about and, and really are, are literally grateful for. It and helps. it's a process and everybody's capable of doing it because people hear that stuff. You read different books and all of that. But at the end of the day, everyone's capable of doing that. It's about making the commitment to yourself and controlling your mind right right um, and yeah. not just letting it control you ever because we're all guilty of that too mind's controlling me it's taking me wherever it wants to take me but you know how do you reel it back in how do you pull the camera back mm-hmm. look at things for what it is and then control the situation right yeah. and get the best out of life so yeah. high five that's what it's about right purpose of work funding a big life so hey listen we went through a lot of stuff today you look like you look like you're ready to go you do I look like I'm go. evaporating? I'm you totally do. fine. I feel okay. Like, <laughs> my, I mean, I need a tan, but besides that. <laughs> I think this is going to be a lot of fun, Dana. And I think that one of the things that we have to talk about uh, when we get off the air is, you know, how can we work on some of these things together? We really I need to work on this together. I think activating, right? Like, we can have all the theories and ideas in the sure. world. And if we're not showing up, right, for the people in, in our environment, in our ecosystem, and our like, what else are we doing? You right. know, I mean, we can be highly... Uh, you know, productive with technology platforms, right? It's just amazing like how many people you can touch. I mean, today I was in D.C. this morning, Washington, D.C., right? Now I physically reside in central New Jersey, by the way, but I was in D.C. and then I had a mastermind call in Alabama. Like one of my favorite friends owns a, a brokerage in Alabama. Right. So I was in D.C., Alabama, and now I'm here with you in central New Jersey in the same afternoon, morning. and That's so- a fantastic perspective. Fantastic. You can just teleport yourself so many places. You can. Technology. Amen. <laughs> Dana, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you, you so much for I'm joining honored. today. Thank what a you. Delight. Thank you for being here. It was, it was really a pleasure. We'll have to have you on the show again in the future if you're up for it, if I didn't bore you too much. <laughs> and uh, and thank you so much for your time. Now, I could give the uh, the post credentials of Dana, but we don't have time. There's too many accolades on there. Oh, that's silly. Thank so, you so much. Thanks. Listen, I'm just on this journey just like you. Yep. How do we change more lives? Let's go. That's that's what we're here to do. So thanks again, Dana, and thank have a great you. day, everyone. Bye. Awesome stuff. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process, hosted by Greg Wareham, produced by Greg Wareham and Nick Pavise at The Social Rift, and executively produced by The Social Rift. Thank you again for tuning in, and we look forward to catching up with you next week.